everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sauls in the City. Today, I am with my friend and public health expert, <laughs> Rihanna Russo. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay, why don't you start off just by inter- introducing yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you go to school? <laughs> um, so, I am from Long Island. I grew up on the East End in Southampton. And I went to school at Hopkins with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I graduated in 2017 as a public health and cognitive science major and then went on to do my master's in infectious disease epidemiology, also at Hopkins. So I was in Baltimore for five years, which was an interesting time (laughs) in my life. Definitely. So what does a public, for those who don't, know much about public health. I mean, we were very much exposed to it because Hopkins is known for Mm -hmm. that um, discipline. What does a public health major entail? So public health is really just looking at the health of a population, and it entails everything from policy to medicine. So it's really a wide span of everything of daily life. Something that I found interesting being a public health major at Hopkins is that you could really take any class and relate it back to public health. Uh, You know, I took some poli-sci classes and that relates to public health because, you know, in the context of what's happening right now, the political climate can really affect health. You know, we talk about Medicare for all and we talk about these different policies that allow people to go get tested for COVID. And in order to have a good health of a population you need to consider all aspects and policy is definitely one of them and what attracted you to the major like why did you want to study it so it's actually funny because I started I came into Hopkins as a bio major interesting then moved from bio to neuroscience from neuroscience to cognitive science then found public health during my sophomore year at Hopkins And I felt like public health kind of encapsulated a lot of what I wanted in a major. I was interested in science, but I was also interested in people and not just the hard science, like bench science, you know, being in a lab, doing chemistry experiments. Like, I never wanted to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was always interested in, like, bio, health, that type of stuff. So, you know, Hopkins is the leader in public health. And I think that I just kind of got exposed to it enough to realize, oh, this is kind of what I really want to do. Took an intro class and then it was kind of from there. Yeah, just all happened. (laughs) Awesome. And what does cognitive, like how is cognitive science different than neuroscience, different than psychology? I didn't even have this as a note. I'm just curious. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, So cognitive science is kind of a mixture of neuroscience and psychology if you want to yeah you can describe it as that but essentially it's looking at how you think not exactly like the neural mechanisms of your actual brain but you're looking at kind of how that contributes to the way you perceive things or um, a lot of it you know, you can talk about like disorders that people have, like with like vision disorders, auditory auditory disorders, and you're looking at how um, the brain processes things and how it's different than how other people processes things and how we all interpret the world differently. So it's more about thinking and perception than it is about like the actual neurological part. 
And then how is it different than psychology? So it's different than psychology because it's not, it's, it still relates to like the neurological aspects. It's not, it's not like, like bipolar disorder, depression, those things, those are all more psychological. Whereas cognition, it's like more of like visual issues. Like if you're like colorblindness, there's a, there's a part of the brain that's damaged and that causes colorblindness. So it's more about like perceiving things as opposed to um, like, I guess like the feelings of psychology, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think I, I think I know what you mean. Like endorphins and like lack of yeah which would lead to like depression or anxiety and things like that yeah cool exactly so in addition to being my friend I obviously have you on here because of what's going on in the world so I was wondering if in your words you could explain what's going on with coronavirus so I feel like it's hard to sum it up yeah (laughs) in (laughs) not exactly it doesn't have to be one sentence um I mean Recently, the WHO declared that coronavirus was a pandemic, and I think that a lot of people started freaking out after that happened, but I don't necessarily think that anyone needs to freak out more than they were freaking out before they declared it a pandemic, because it was a pandemic, you know, before they said it already was one i think they were saying on the daily yeah the daily i they summarized that very well and they're they, they were saying like it's like a weatherman saying it's raining yeah, after you're standing outside in a downpour mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the who has different classifications for health emergencies and their highest classification is public health emergency of international concern and that has only been declared in recent years, I think it was swine flu, Ebola, Zika, and then now this coronavirus. And that is really more telling of the level of concern we need than calling it a pandemic. Um, okay. What's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic? Yeah, I was just going to say that because I think some people get confused. So an epi- epidemic just refers to an outbreak of a disease in an area. So you could call an outbreak of... The measles in New York City back in September, that was an epidemic of measles. A pandemic refers to an outbreak that spans multiple countries, multiple locations. So I want to say that it's four countries. That's the threshold that you have to meet in order to be qualified or classified as a pandemic. Oh, so yeah. So essentially it has been a pandemic since January because you can name four countries back then. Exactly. Exactly. And... How did we get here? I think like a lot of the confusion is it seems like in the I mean we're recording this what the 15th of March. Yeah. And it feels like in the past week it's gone from 0 to 100, but I think that's mostly because we're in the United States. Like why has it escalated so quickly so recently? Mm. So I wouldn't say that it's escalated so quickly so recently. I think that it's been here for a while yeah and we unfortunately have had a lack of testing a lack of widespread testing a lack of accessible affordable testing and i think that's contributed to the lack of cases that we've seen Mm -hmm. you know in the past few weeks as you said new york city has gone from no cases to i think that there's there's definitely over 100 cases in new york city over i think 300 in new york state you know we see this exponential increase it's not because more people are, quote, getting the disease. It's just that we're finding the disease more. 
And that's something really common in public health and epidemiology. When you look for something, you find it. Yeah. So we weren't looking for it before. Now we are. So that's why we're seeing so many cases. But I don't think that means that we need to worry more than we were worrying before. We're just, you know, we're just testing now. So we're just seeing what's actually there. We're not, you know, it's not that everyone is like suddenly getting getting infected. Yeah. You know? And I think we're finally responding now more so in a line with how China initially responded as opposed to getting to the point of like where Italy is. Yes. Yeah. And I think when you look at the different countries' responses and how the U.S. has responded compared to the different countries, you know, we started out by having our president comparing it to the flu and saying that, oh, it's just a bad case of the flu. You know, it's not. I just want to also say that like yeah. it is not the flu virus. Influenza and coronavirus are two different viruses. They're not the same. Coronaviruses leads to respiratory disease. The flu very infrequently, if ever, leads to respiratory disease, meaning an inflammation of the lungs and causing coughing, that sort of thing, uh, causing pneumonia. Um, and having an administration that is just calling it a bad case of the flu season is spreading misinformation and yeah. causing people to not realize the extent to which we need to prevent things. But I think now we are taking an approach that is more similar to China, to Korea, where we are really trying to quarantine people. We're trying to, you know, mitigate the spread of it. Um, I think we're past the point where we can contain it. Unfortunately, we just, you know, we can't stop it from spreading, but we can do all that we can to try and lessen the effects of the spread. Definitely. So I think one thing I think that's really interesting is just how you said, you know, misinformation is being spread and things like that. And that all links back ultimately, or a lot of it links back to technology and the technology we have now, which allows like fake news to spread. But also, you know, when you're getting an email from every single corporation you've ever yeah. visited <laughs> saying like, what's happening this with our response. this is our <laughs> response and it's all the same freaking thing it also i think increases anxiety so i wanted to touch on both and especially that you also studied cogsci is it common for pandemics to result in this overall fear in society definitely definitely i think anytime there's an outbreak anytime there's something that affects so many people it's going to cause panic. It's going to cause anxiety. And I don't, it's it's not unique to this situation. And obviously we weren't alive 100 years ago when yeah. the Spanish flu outbreak happened. Um, but I'm sure that there was a lot of panic and anxiety that happened back then. And of course we are a lot more connected now. And as you said, there's a lot more technology. And so there can be spread of fake news, misinformation, so that might heighten things, but I do think that, you know, historically in the past, every time there was an outbreak like this, there was kind of mass hysteria and yeah. anxiety. And I think another thing, I don't know if I'm like at answering questions you don't have or are going to ask, but um, just about like the whole racism aspect of yeah. it, that has been really challenging for the Asian community, the Chinese community, you know, Yes, this virus did kind of originate in China, but that doesn't mean that it's 
the Chinese fault that it happened there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they manufactured it. That is a crazy thing. Like most of the diseases come from animal reservoirs. That's where this came from. It came from a bat. It didn't come from a lab. <laughs> Don't believe that, you know. Yeah. Um, but it has caused people to be racist against Chinese people, against Chinese Americans. You know, there's been loss of business in Chinatown because of it. People don't want to go there. And so this crazy. is this has happened in the past. Um, actually, there was a outbreak of cholera, I want to say, in like the 1800s, something yeah, like that. I remember studying that in my intro. Yeah. Public <laughs> health class. <laughs> so cholera was a huge problem. And there was this thing called yellow cholera which was a name that people gave to cholera from that they quote thought came from asian people which just it was just cholera you know Mm -hmm. but for some reason specifically with asian people they there's this you know sense of otherness that people want to you know inherently distance themselves from and so it's happened in the past it's happening now it's going to happen in the future but i think it's really important to keep that in mind and try and learn from from the past you know we haven't been great at doing that but i think that now is a pivotal moment where we can really try and be better than we were in the past definitely i wanted to clear up some other misconceptions that are being spread and things like that um I'm taking a lot from the daily most likely, but I just, <laughs> I, I think it's best to ex- like have you explain them um, so that people can get it all in once kind of. So what is social distancing? Social distancing means trying to limit the amount of time that you spend with other people and also the space between people. Um, I'm laughing because Zoe yeah. and I are sitting like very close to <laughs> each like other we're, on we're not doing a great right job right now. now. <laughs> um, but essentially social distancing, you want to make your network small. You know, a lot of us have bigger networks. You know, we have we go to work, we go hang out with friends, we go see family. But the whole concept of social distancing is making your network as small as it can be without compromising your ability to kind of live your life. Mm-hmm. So that refers to limiting working in an office. A lot of companies have instituted work remotely policies and that kind of gets at that social distancing you're trying to limit the number of people who are in an enclosed space at the same time Mm -hmm. so that you can reduce the number of susceptible people who are can then be infected essentially yeah it's it's interesting because before honestly before i listened to that episode the daily i thought it was just a like a phrase like i didn't think it was actually like a, a public health cons term yeah which yeah is so funny i'm or my, not funny but yeah my professor at um hopkins during my master's i'm trying to find what she said about it but she i really feel like i should just post exactly what she said because she shared so much about it um but she was yeah she's talking about being hyper local so limiting your network of people to then limit the exposure to the virus. And um, something that she was referring to was like the closed network strategy, which is in public health trying to just like close off your contact with other people. And it's the same thing as social distancing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to like get that network to as small as it can be without 
being by yourself because you shouldn't be by yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing. Like isolation isn't what you should do if you can, you know, at least interact with some people. That's also not good for your mental health to just quarantine yourself away and be by yourself, but just limiting your interactions with others. Definitely. So should people, let's say I had a flight to, or let's say I had a flight next week. Should I go on a flight? Well, it depends on where the flight is going. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hate I hate that answer, but in epidemiology, that's they make a joke of it. They're like the answer is always it depends. Yeah. <laughs> because no, it, is, it very often is. Um if you're going to California, no. If you're going to Italy, no. Don't get on those flights. Yeah. Um you know, if you're flying home I don't I don't I mean I know you live in New Jersey so yeah. you wouldn't do that but you know if you live in like Minnesota and you were to be flying home maybe you know my older sister is currently in Aruba and she was calling me every day up until the trip she's still calling me every day <laughs> on her trip she's like I don't know what to do like should I fly back now I don't know um I think flying is not the best idea right now I think if you have to have to have to do it you do it you wear gloves, you take Clorox wipes with you, you know, you try and wipe down everything that you're going to be touching, like, on the plane and whatnot, but I think not traveling is probably the best idea for now. What about public transportation? So, that's hard because, you know, some people have to use public transportation, but I would say if you have the ability to walk or bike somewhere, do that. You know, after that, I would say taking a car would be then the next option. And then after that, public transportation. I mean, some people, again, can't get away with walking or biking to work. And some people can't afford to pay for a car. So if you do have to take public transportation, something annoying that everyone is saying is if you see a crowded bus or car, like train car, wait for the next one. And yeah, maybe that'll make you wait late for work. But I think that that's actually a really good idea to do because mm-hmm. you don't want to be packed in a train with a bunch of other people. You literally cannot practice social distancing yeah. by in, getting on a packed train car. And I mean, I think a, a lot of people are just not using public transportation anymore. So it's easier for those who really, really have to because mm-hmm. there are fewer people on it. Yeah. Um, but I would say try and limit the amount that you use public transit. One thing I thought was interesting was um, some of the guy was on the daily was saying, like, if you do, you stand up, you try not to touch anything. If you do, you put a glove on, hold it and right. then, you know, disinfect after. Yeah. Just like limit contact with anything. That's exactly. Contaminated. And let's see one thing. So one thing I like I've struggled with or not struggled with, but have been trying to assess is how I can take this seriously enough and be the appropriate amount of worried without being super overreactive and just increasing the anxiety that I already have. So I guess how would you advise people to take this seriously without going to full panic mode? That's a great question. And I will preface my answer by saying that I don't think I have all the answers (laughs) and this isn't the only answer. Um, But I do think that we all need to be concerned. And as young people, you know, we are not at the greatest risk 
but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take this seriously because we can be infected and not know it and we can spread the virus and not know it. So we do need to take it seriously. We want to make sure that we keep vulnerable populations safe, you know, older adults, people who are immunocompromised. So we have to do everything that we can to kind of protect ourselves and others. And I think that means limiting going out, limiting, you know, don't go to a crowded bar on a Friday night. Don't go to a workout class that you would normally go to. Something that I have been telling my roommates and doing myself is like limiting the workout classes and stuff that I usually do because I just don't think that it's the smartest thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I don't think that you need to kind of stop your life altogether. I think that that causes more panic than anything else if you kind of decide, okay, I'm going to just sit at home. I'm going to not do anything. I'm not going to go and see anyone. You know, mm-hmm. I think it just gets back to like limiting your circle and doing what you can do to kind of prevent a lot of exposure to other people, but not so much that you feel like you can't live your life. Um, And I think like getting at the part of your question about like how not to panic, I think like all this panic buying is really just like fueling anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's no need to go to the store and buy like 10 boxes of pasta and, you know, 15 bags of frozen vegetables if that's not what you normally do of course you can pick up a few extra things but I think that everyone seeing all these empty shelves is just heightening everyone's fears yeah they're you know that's I see photos on the internet all the time on Instagram of empty Trader Joe's shelves empty Whole Foods and that's horrible to look at you know Mm -hmm. it just is like a net like a vicious cycle or like snowball effect yeah exactly and and one person doing that like you know the people who are panic buying then cause other people to panic buy because they're worried that they're not going to be able to just buy their regular groceries for the week and so i think that what we can do is you know try and limit our exposure to other people and really just buy what's necessary for right now. Pick up a few extra things if you are worried that you do need to self-quarantine. If you think you've been exposed, then yeah, you should stay home for at least 14 days. So you might need some extra food, but you don't need 10 boxes of pasta for 14 days. I'm sorry. Yeah, that it's is like just those craziness. memes of like, if you need to buy 40 rolls of toilet paper, like you've had an issue before the coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. There's just no need to have that amount of food for 14 days. And that's really what the, you know, self-quarantine time period is advised. So a- anything more than, you know, a cup of boxes box of pasta maybe some frozen meals like you you don't need that yeah can relax (laughs) I think one thing which we talked about um, before we started recording which was interesting and it it almost is like in parallel with other themes of my podcast was how you said everyone right now is like in such a state of confusion and freaking out and saying like you know my life is so different but the irony is is that everyone is feeling that yeah and It's, I mean, in some ways, as you said, it's kind of, it's a way to comfort ourselves. It's kind of like how, you know, the the reason I started this podcast was this unique loneliness that everyone was shared, like had shared. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that's even though it's I mean, it's a weird thing to be like, everyone's confused right now. But it (laughs) is like, okay, we're all feeling like this. Like, I don't know. But I guess how do you balance being scared and also just like living your life normally, knowing there's such a big elephant in the room? Yeah, it's hard. I I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out, too. You know, I am trying to change my daily activities so that I'm not, you know, going out and being in huge crowds and whatnot, um, but also sticking to some things that make me feel good and safe and, like, happy. Um, but I... I don't know. I mean, balancing the the two is just really difficult. And I think it's kind of on an individual basis. Like what Mm -hmm. works for me might not work for you, might not work for, you know, other people. And so it's kind of like checking in with yourself and kind of like feeling out what will work, what doesn't. And unfortunately, I think that this is going to be our lives for at least the next few months. I don't think it's going to resolve itself in two weeks. And so I think that there will be a lot of trial and error in figuring out like how to balance (laughs) the world we live in right now. But I don't think that anyone should be discouraged if they're feeling anxious, if they're feeling scared. We're all feeling anxious and scared. And it's just kind of figuring out like the little things that we can do to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, I think some like, I guess, not necessarily resources, but things that I found out, which I think would be good to share, for example, are like different studios are offering free online workout classes. Like the class, um, some yoga thing that I forget what it's called. Yoga works. Yoga works too? Yeah, yoga works is, I know. Um, There's YouTube videos and like just recommending good books and Mm -hmm. good TV shows. I just started Shit's Creek. Great show. Amy Schumer just posted a list of shows that she recommends. Um, on her Instagram page and I think I think that's part of it too it's like let's all just recommend that like let's try and help each other out like I was talking to my mom yesterday about this and you know even we were kind of speaking about it before but it weirdly causes a, a sense of community like we're all scared yeah but like we're kind of coming together now in a way that we don't usually come together exactly and I think helping each other out, you know, even like little things like recommending books or recommending TV shows or if you live in an apartment building where you know there are a lot of older people offering to pick up food for them, offering to do like little tasks. I think that that can make you feel really good, you know, and that can help. Yeah. Um, So it's just, yeah, those types of things. And like luckily we live in a time, I mean, for better or for worse, with such heightened technology that like we can FaceTime people. Yeah. And so you, you can still, you know, social distance yourself, but also having a uh, like a virtual community and yeah, talking with your friends and, you know, reaching out to that person that you haven't, that you've been meaning to reach out to, like out to, but haven't because you've been so swamped with work or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Definitely. Okay, so on a completely different note, I always end by asking these five questions that are more related to like mental health and stuff and just whatever. We'll end on a happy note, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so the first question, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? We're going real deep. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's a good question. I mean, 
I think something recently that I'll speak about is my current job. I got my job very quickly. My boss was kind of hiring because she needed to fill the position. And um, she went out on maternity leave a month after I started working. And I am a one-person team. So I started this job and really had no idea what I was doing and worked by myself for seven months. Um, And it was hard. I was working in an office where there were people who were working on teams and I was by myself. And I'm a project coordinator and data analyst. So my job is literally sitting at a computer all day. Um, And it was very isolating. And I felt, you know, kind of out of sorts. I was living at the time in an apartment with two people who I didn't know. I had a job where I felt like I was completely by myself. Um, And I was able to just kind of push through it because I kind of knew that in the end it would be a good opportunity for me. And I knew that once my boss came back, she would be a great mentor. Um, And I'm just really proud of myself for having pushed through it because I love my job now, like love my boss, like have a great coworker now who I'm really close with. Um, But, you know, before that, I kind of like I would call my mom and I'd be like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I think I need to quit. And she's like, just keep doing, you know, like Mm -hmm. take it one day at a time. Um, So that's like a recent thing that I'm really proud of being able to have stuck with that job and now see kind of like how much you've grown. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Do you believe do you believe everything happens for a reason? Mm-hmm. This is a, takes a whole different meaning now. This pandemic. <laughs> um, do I believe that? Uh, yeah, I think I do. I think everything happens for a reason. I think that you know things get thrown at you, and at the time you're like why did this happen? And then later on you look back and you're like, you know what? I'm kind of grateful for that. Um, like even as I just described with my job, like that's really sucked, but I was able to like learn a lot about myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that everything does happen for a reason in a way, even if you don't see it at that time, you can look back and think like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get that now. Yeah. Like I grew from it. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, <laughs> the future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? Ooh. Um, what would I want to know? That's a good question, too. You're really making me think <laughs> right now. Uh, I don't know. I, like, I weirdly want to say, like, I would want to know that like in the future like my family and I am like happy and safe and whatnot especially like right now I yeah. feel like this is such a time yeah, like the cure to um, coronavirus <laughs> um I was telling Zoe earlier that I feel like my anxiety about COVID is more about like my family like my parents are older and so I'm more worried about them than I am about really myself so I think like knowing that like they are gonna be okay and really everyone that I care and love about yeah. is going to be okay. Agreed. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Uh, yeah, wait. It's like, 
I don't know. There's like variations of it, but it's like something like breathing in, like I'm love, breathing out, I'm okay. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember that. <laughs> Sorry, I'll look that it just up. like took me a really long time to just <laughs> say that. But yeah, like little, I think I really like like little things like that, especially like getting you centered on taking deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I literally realize that I'm not breathing. <laughs> like yeah, I, like- I realized that the other day. I was like, I haven't taken a breath in like way too long yeah or like a real breath yeah so like things that remind me of breathing like mantras that are like inhale and then exhale like all of like the you know expectations and things Mm -hmm. that you're holding on to that's what I like same what do you love most about yourself oh (laughs) um I love that I um, I this is always what I think of when they're like choose a word that like you think that describes you um, I think that I persevere through a lot I think that that like that's what I love about me I think that I sometimes put it on myself like I like to make things challenging for myself unfortunately <laughs> but I like I like overcoming things and I yeah. think that I do that well and I'm proud of myself for being able to do that. Definitely. It makes you, it's like you're a really strong person. Yeah. Like I like to, yeah. Well, I, I, I like to think that I am. <laughs> Definitely. And last but not least, how do you find solace in the city? <clears throat> I do a lot of yoga. Like yeah. A lot of yoga. Me too. And I've gotten into just like doing YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I used to like kind of make fun of it and like did not really take it seriously at all um but I think like moving to the city and being here has brought a lot of challenges that I didn't expect and I think that like having a space where you can let all that go and focus on breathing is really helpful um I also meditate I use like this app called insight timer which I don't know if you've heard of it I have headspace but I haven't yeah it's insight timer is free which is what I like about it um yeah (laughs) um my mom actually told me about it she's super into meditation and she's like done like meditation retreats with uh Deepak Chopra oh wow yeah she's like very into it um but so she's like introduced me more to meditation and stuff so I think like yoga and meditation as cliche as that is I am so necessary type of person (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming and speaking and just educating me and everyone. (laughs) Where can everyone follow you Um, (laughs) or like study things that you think are important? Yeah. I mean, if you want to follow my Insta, (laughs) it's Re Russo. Um, But in all seriousness, like to to find out updated information about things, go to like the CDC, go to the WHO if you want to follow information about covid um actually i want to really quickly say a lot of uh people have been trying to steal information by creating fake maps of the outbreak so i'm sure you've seen the hopkins map where it shows all of the different locations Mm -hmm. and like the tracks the cases and recovered and all that people have been creating fake websites that look like that hopkins map but they actually are like stealing your information when you access the site so it's really scary and like i hate that that's happening because there's always gonna be someone who's gonna exploit a time of fear and crisis to you know 
for their own gain. Um, but really just like go to government websites. Like yeah. make sure that you're looking at a website that is like a valid website. Don't just like randomly Google things. Unfortunately, we just like can't do that right now. Yeah, I actually made that mistake this morning. I reposted this thing from some, uh, some not senator, a like member of the house of something. Mm-hmm. And my dad texted me and is like, you realize that that person has been like convicted of all these things and just like Ugh. it's a terrible like thing to be sharing as like your public image so immediately it's like ah, delete it but just really educating yourself and like the right by reading enough but not too much that you're just gonna increase anxiety yeah also like the daily podcast i like Ugh, love yes love, love that it. i think they've been doing a really great job of covering what's going on definitely well thanks again and bye everyone you. stay safe stay healthy stay clean Wow, what a year this week has been. Um, this is my second solo, but it feels like it's completely different than the first one because so much has changed this week. I can't even wrap my mind around it. I think that's a common feeling felt among most people you know, listening to this podcast and just in the world in general. It's like a very scary apocalyptic time and I just don't know what to feel. It's almost ironic that I started this podcast because I was so feeling so lonely despite not being alone. And now it's like, I'm lonely. I'm alone. I'm confused. All I'm doing is just eating and attempting to read and napping and then waking up at three in the morning. Like I don't know what day it is. It's really crazy. Um, I think one thing I've realized about myself in this past three days, that's felt like eternity is that I I guess it like made me realize more what how specific like what my specific anxiety was which is just interesting um if you guys listened to my episode with Dylan a couple months ago he talked about how his anxiety was like he doesn't get anxious about things like um when you know there was a lot of things going on in Iran uh, he doesn't get like anxious about those things. And I kind of agree. It's it's weird how this, despite being on like, despite getting anxious about like the smallest things, I'm weirdly calm during all of this. Um, and I think that just, and maybe it makes me like a selfish person, but I just, I'm not freaking out about this. I feel like I can read the news without having my heart level go up, um, which is both good and bad, I guess. But one thing, if you are like that and, you know, you're not triggered by seeing all of these crazy things, I would highly recommend watching the net. Wow, there's like a lot of sirens. Uh, I would highly recommend watching the Netflix documentary series Explained. They have one called The Next Pandemic. And I need to find out when this was friggin' made because it is so eerie. Um, it basically just explains like, what a pandemic is and like why it would start um I personally actually found it it's it definitely don't watch it if you are freaked out by what's going on in the world because it's really creepy how it so foreshadows exactly what's going on right now but at the end I actually find it kind of comforting they talk a lot about um SARS which was a similar respiratory virus that or I don't know if that's the right word of saying it but it's like something that uh, was around in 2003 so I was definitely too young to 
remember it, but just watching it unfold, it's same thing it originated in bats. It spread really quickly. People didn't know like what to do. And just when I was like, even though it was a pretty intense uh, 30 minute documentary series episode, at the end, it did make you realize that this is going to pass. Like it'll take a while and it's going to be a really, really weird couple of months, but we'll get through it. And I think by like June, July, things may not be completely back to normal, but it won't be as scary. So again, only watch that if this is something that's inter- like interests you and doesn't scare you. And in the meantime, if you're bored, shoot me a text or a DM because I am just losing my mind in New York. So I would love to go on a walk with someone and stand five feet apart while still social distancing. But yeah, I'm here if anyone needs to talk or wants to vent. Um, yeah, so see you guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Bye.